You're now listening to the number one podcast on planet Earth. Winners win. Winners win. Mm-hmm. Straight up, they don't cover, which is unfortunate, but they win. Oh, she will. Mm-hmm. And she'll see me. A winner. <laughs> We are going into football season now, folks. It's getting real. It's getting serious. Camp starts today. Brian Kelly had his first official press conference, which a little rundown of the episode. You and I, the listener, are going to go over the press conference real quick, and then we're going to have Jay come on after that, and we're going to do our uh, normal breakdown episode and continue on with our season. But for now, we got to talk about this press conference, bro. You are seeing, if you watch today, a head coach that is oozing confidence. He's comfortable. He's got a year under his belt. He knows what to do now. He's been through different situations that's led him to this. Now, the the team, he, he said this in the press conference, and it was made so much sense, and it's so much to think about that Florida State game last year. Last year at this time, he was teaching his team how to practice. He was teaching his team what he expected from practice. Now, baby, we're just practicing right now. There's no more, there's no more learning curve. The guys that are here, most of our, our best players, including some transfers we got coming in, were here last year. They know the expectation. We're progressing now. Last year, we were trying to figure out how to dance together. And now, we hitting them with that Cupid shuffle, baby. I mean, this Brian Kelly today just bled confidence, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play some clips for me because there are four major standouts. First of all, big news before we get into the oozing of confidence. Um, coach Lindsey, the defensive line coach, is having some medical issues, so we had to do a little swapping up on the coaches. I'm gonna let Brian Kelly talk about it. Here's Coach BK. Uh, he is uh, obviously, I'll stand by the statement that we released and we'll stick with that. But we had to make some, some changes uh, for hopefully just uh, the immediate here. Um, and that is that uh, John Jancic, who was our special teams and outside linebacker coach, will move to the linebacker, excuse me, the defensive line position. And then Bob Diaco, who is a senior analyst for us, will take over special teams uh, and the outside linebacker position. Both of these are trusted um, and valued uh, coaches that have had opportunities to work with me at multiple stops along my career. So I know them well uh, and, and will do an outstanding job for us in the preparation uh, of our players uh, going through camp. So before you hit me with the, oh man, we had to plug in an analyst or, and all nobody's coaching uh, out of, ever got coaching out of position, uh, position now. And this isn't, Sulfur JV. He slid in John Jancic, who he got rid of his homeboy. His closest friend on the team was Brian Polian last year, and he kicked him off. I mean, he politely made him quit because he knows this is Brian Kelly's last stop. I heard him say it the other day. This is hit on a on a show, obviously, or a YouTube channel. He said, "This is my last stop. This is my last job." And he, there ain't no friends in this game. When we talking ten million a year. And the football team brings in eighty million a year and pays for the other sports. This ain't no there ain't no friends in this game. He went out and got John Jancic, who's got experience with him. He joined our staff last year as a defensive analyst after being on the staff of the twenty twenty one Georgia team who won the Natty. They've got experience with each other. Uh, with each other, he coached at Grand Valley State with him. He coached at Central Michigan with him. And this ain't no this ain't no analyst that who's going to be an on field coach who's moving into the defensive line position. He's got stops at Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Cincinnati, where he was a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati in 2010 to 2012 when they had back-to-back 10-win seasons. I mean, this is a dude that we're sliding in right here who's already our special teams coach, but hopefully it doesn't, you know, Coach Lindsey, you know, we're thinking about him. But what all I'm getting at is 
we're not sliding in someone who can't do the job. These are dudes with real experiences. There ain't no friends in this game. And we're getting a dude on defensive line slid in. He also mentioned Bob Diaco. Bob Diaco has been a uh, running backs coach, a linebacker coach, an offensive line, uh, offensive line coach, a, a linebacker coach, linebacker coach, defensive coordinator. He's been all over the place. He's an analyst now, but sliding into special teams. Bob Diaco has been at Central Mich- Central Michigan with Coach Kelly. He's been at Cincinnati. He's been at Notre Dame. I mean, this is a dude. Uh, you know, this is great news that our staff is so deep to where we can, when something like this happens, that we're not in bad shape. Like I said, he mentioned that it may, be, may not be too long we have to do this. We're hoping Coach Lindsey's okay, but fear not. We don't have a grass-eating horn dog on our team anymore leading the way. We have a, a true leader who has stacked his coaching staff and his analyst group and has stacked his team to prepare for moments like this. But easily, my favorite part of the press conference today, and me and Jay have hit on this several times, it's we are LSU. We want someone in the back. I mean, we want somebody to return kicks and punts that are a threat. Last year, Besh shit the bed, couldn't do it. At the very beginning of the season, Middle League neighbors shit the bed, couldn't do it. So they put in Mr. Clayton, and he was sure-handed. He, he was the consistency we need to not give away close games, and we respect that. But this is LSU, baby. We want a threat. We want Tredavious White back there. We want Patrick Peterson back there. We want Trenton Holiday back there. We got the freaks. Let them eat. So what did Coach Kelly do, our boy? He went and got Aaron Anderson, who's a five-star prospect prospect from Alabama, who probably is the uh, highest-rated wide receiver we have on the team. I know we got a couple more. Shelton Sampson is a five-star kid, but I'm pretty sure Aaron Anderson was recruited higher than him. Let him tell you about Aaron Anderson, and this should get you fired up because this dude is going to make a difference on our team this year. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do a lot with him. You know, it was mostly, you know, running him out of the slot receiver. I think there's going to be a lot more to see from him, you know, as we continue to build the offense. Uh, I think you'll see him involved in touching the ball in other areas as well, Um, you know, from the backfield. Um, I think you'll see him in the special teams game. So today was the first glimpse, obviously, um, he's, he's got speed, explosiveness. Um, he's kind of what we thought he would be. Our strength coaches really, um, really liked his work ethic. Um, very strong in the weight room. Um, so I would say that um, I think we've just scratched the surface in terms of what we can do with him. I mean, sweet Jesus. He said a lot without saying a lot right there. They talking about this guy in the slot. They're talking about this guy in the backfield. You know they're going to be putting him in motion. You know we're going to be running some end around with him. They're talking about him on special teams. You know what that means. Returning kicks, returning punts, whatever it may be. Let the five-star freak from Edna Carr eat, Coach. That's what I want to hear. You saw, you saw Coach do such a good job last year of plugging holes in the dam. <gasps> Boom. The dam's leaking. I ain't got nobody to catch. Let me put some consistency there. Boom, the dam's leaking. Mason Smith, the best player on our team possibly, got hurt. We're going to plug it in right here with Mr. Uh, Makai Wingo because I went and got him out the portal because I knew we were weak on the D-line in depth. Who ended up being an All-American? But the news of Aaron Anderson returning punts or kicks and is just music to my ears. Swap the field for us, baby. We ain't got to be pinned deep all the time. Turn the field around for us, young man. Man, that was some good news. Also, I got to give a shout-out to my co-host, Jay. He, he, he'd he been mentioning about this kid from Iowa that went to McNeese and ended up going to Marshall, Mr. Sam, and I ain't been hearing nothing about this kid other than this some bitch graduated about the same time as me. This is his sixth year playing college football, and – Coach Kelly lumped him in today with our two best safeties on our team. Coach was asked about, you know, um, having uh, defensive backs that were versatile and how that will help. 
because you got guys who can play cornerback, guys who are, can play safety, who can swap around, and because we got some versatile players. And he just listen to what he said right here—a little nugget of how he slid in the former McNeese Cowboy into this conversation. Yeah, good question. I think the versatility allows us to play, you know, our three safety look. Um, you know, that three safety look for us allows us to rotate, you know, different guys down into the box depending on what their skill set is and, and still give us the kind of, you know, coverage, you know, from top down. Um, you know, that's not a luxury that a lot of teams have, and, and I think we didn't have that last year. Um, but with, you know, Sam's and, and certainly, um, you know, Major Burns healthy and Brooks, um, it, it certainly gives us now uh, a lot more versatility with, with three really good safeties, three SEC caliber players that, that give us great flexibility. Three SEC caliber players that give us flexibility. Look, this is Major Burns' third or fourth year play, and this is Greg Brooks' fifth year play, and you know what you got with them. Those guys are going to be solid. But he sprinkled Sam in there. I mean, Iowa, Louisiana, stand up. I mean, play the Cajun music. Turn turn me up, Iowa Rabbit Festival. I didn't know this kid was coming like that. And we talking about SEC caliber players. We talking about Andre Sam. Hey, I'm here for it, bro. Props to Jay. Good call. But that's the only kind of info you can get when you come to winners win last but not least. And there was more, but these were the four big points I wanted to hit on. If you listen to this show, you know that I'm not a big fan of John, John Emery. Sure. He's made a couple plays on the edge last year, catching the ball at the backfield. We know it can be explosive as of now. He hasn't done anything to me to prove that he is nothing right now, but the best that never was this. I mean, this kid is as highly recruited as a kid could be. And I, I what upsets me the most is because I was so invested in his recruiting. It was him and Kendall Milton were our, our. We were trying to get those two running backs this, that year, both five stars. Kendall Milton went to Georgia. He's obviously won a couple natties, but you got the kid from Destrehan, and you're excited about it. And all you hear is how great this kid is. His freshman year, he he won a natty with us, and you know, and it's an infamous, famous story about him coming into the game at Vanderbilt and Joe Burrow saying, telling Coach Ogeron get his ass off the field because he don't know what he's doing. Which he was a freshman, not a big deal. Then he has to take out the take off the whole COVID year because his grades weren't in the right order. You know that that could have been something to do with the counsel he was getting at LSU. You know, no big deal, but still. And then he's in summer school this year because so he really wasn't with the team for the summer. And Brian Kelly had said he was doing everything he needed to do to get back on the team. But listen to the way that Brian Kelly is uh, glistening about John Emery. It shows me that how he handled his business. Some kids mature uh, later in life. Some kids mature early. I've seen kids that come into LSU and have zero issues from day one and mature and handle their business and never get in trouble. I've seen kids, some of the best players on our team, some of the kids you would think are, would never have no issues, never get their shit together. Maybe he's going to be a late bloomer. Maybe he's going to grow on me. Maybe he's going to make some big plays this year and help us get over that hump and get into the playoff this year and win the SEC. He's got the talent. We all know that. So, Listen to Coach Kelly glisten and brag on John Emery. Here it is. Oh, he's, he had to finish up um, uh, an internship today. Um, uh, final. He's in great shape. Um, thanks for asking the question. Um, he has done everything. He has uh, been fabulous to work with. Uh, we're proud of uh, his accomplishments, and he'll, he'll be with us uh, tomorrow. Uh, but he had to get an internship finished up today, uh, finish that paperwork, get that turned into the registrar's office. And instead of rushing out here, you know, with his shoes untied and uh, kind of running on the field, we just said, take care of it. You've gone this far and worked this hard. Get that taken care of, and, and, uh, and, and that's what he's doing today. Hey, if, if he's going to be the guy, because you got all of the depth in the world, at running back. He don't we don't need him to be the guy, but we want him to be the five-star kid he was always supposed to be. And until then I'm going to be a little rough on him here. And it is what it is. But good news, John Emery's going to join the list of coach Kelly jokingly said the the mile-long list we have of running backs and they had to do mirror drills today because there's so many kids they needing to get reps. 
and we've been over that, and we'll talk about that more as the season goes. But uh, as these press conferences come, I love doing these. I'm going to clip them up for y'all. We're going to go over them. Um, now let's get into the episode uh, with me and Jay finishing our uh, season breakdowns. All right, we got Jay in here. Jay Bird, I've went over the presser, but me and you have to talk fall camp. How are you feeling about fall camp right now? I feel good. A lot better this year than was going into last year. You know, this year, uh, I think a lot more certainty this year. I think, you know, a lot more depth and positions of need. Um, you know, this today was the first practice of fall camp. Uh, yesterday, all the players come in, and today's Thursday. Uh, if you listen to the episode tomorrow, if you upload it, it'll be Friday. So, yep. so yesterday, Wednesday, they went in and, and – tried on their cleats and they got fitted for the pads and that's always exciting. They post a little clips online. That's always exciting. You know, you know, because football's here. It's right around the corner, man. It, <clears throat> it's, it's time, man. I mean, we're 30 days, I believe until kickoff and man, it's uh seeing the boys at camp. I mean, it really gets the juices flowing, right? Oh yeah. All right. Is there uh anything, Jay, I've already went over the presser. Is there anything that stood out to you today that you heard? Yeah. Just that, um, not to say we didn't know this already. I mean, we you know we kind of had a had an idea, but we all thought that the running back room was one of the deepest rooms on the team. And, and Kelly said that he was this was the deepest uh, running back room he's ever coached. I mean, and, it's you know got to be right. That's yeah. I mean, you'd think so. Uh, just a lot of people are, are are giving this running back room the best running back room in SEC, but it was the most deep, probably probably so. You know. That's fucking wild. Even Bradford coming back again. It's just it's crazy, man. Yeah. Did you uh did you yeah. see that he talked about Aaron Anderson doing some work out of the backfield? It's like they Yeah, I think I think I think he'll do some like jet sweeps and stuff. I don't think he's gonna run him back. I think he'll do like some jet sweeps like uh Yeah, they're gonna put him like in Malik did they're gonna bowl bring game. him around they're the gonna, end, they're gonna yeah. put him in motion, hand you off the ball. A little bit of screens. 2019 towards the end of the season, if you really remember, we started doing that with Jamar a lot at the end of the year, 2019. Yeah, end of rounds, reverses, bubble screens. That boy must be dangerous with the ball, Jay. Yeah, we said that, you know, on a previous podcast, we listened uh, that he was a dynamic guy coming out of high school. He ran a 10-600. He's not very big. That's his only knock, but he's just explosive and fast. Just so hopefully he's as good as advertised. Yeah. All right. Love to hear you. <clears throat> Jay, I got a couple questions for you about camp, and okay. let's get right into right. it. Jay, what position group battle are you most excited to watch? I'm just excited to watch. I guess it would be kind of be uh, defensive backs, man, because we, we're not not as not safeties, because I think safeties are kind of sure. Up, but I think cornerbacks and nickelback, I, I just want to see who, who comes out on top for those position groups. You know, we got an idea. It could be the kid from Southeastern, is Alexander. It could be Deuce Chestnut. It could be Denver Harris. It could be um, Andre Sam. Just we don't we don't know exactly who it's going to It could be the kid from Ohio State. Mr. Uh, it could be – I've been hearing a lot about LaTerrence uh, Welch. Had a great spring game. I, I he's, uh, he's really looking good. So, I'm just really – um, anxious to see who emerges from that group. Who's going to start day one? And that, that necessarily means start day one. That they'll be your mid mid uh, year and, and starters for the rest of the year. Because uh, we all know last year, Colby Richardson from Magnese started first three or four games, but then he couldn't find his way back on the field after after Makai Garner got in there and kind of really showed that he was the man. But just I just want to see who's going to be your day one starters. You know, Jay, you know what emerges I, from I, camp. I found out about Zai Alexander. I knew that he was a two-time FCS All-American. I had no yeah. idea, Jay, that he was the Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year two years in a row, and that's his freshman and sophomore year. Be the Pretty good, man. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. The Conference Defensive Player of the Year, his freshman year and sophomore year, he had a pick in like six games straight in Southeastern. <laughs> I mean, this dude seems like he's primed for the, for the big leagues, and – it means nothing because we saw uh, out at camp today, for the people who went out to camp today and watched uh, the first practice, there was a, a bunch of people you could kind of you kind of feel in that will be starters, and they were taking first-string reps. 
But like uh, Makai Wingo, he took second string reps. Nobody expects him to be second string. Everyone expects him and Mason to be in the middle, and him he's all American. But the rest of everybody, it kind of lined up to where it felt like it could be possible. You had uh, Greg Brooks and Major Burns taking first string safety stuff. You had Harold Perkins and Omar Spates taking first string linebacker stuff. You had uh, the kid from Texas. Um, his name uh, I cannot remember say. You had Ovi. Ovi We had Ovi. You had Ovi on the end. You had Savion Jones on the end. You had Mason mm-hmm. Smith in the middle with Tank Guillory. It was a. Uh, you had Deuce Chestnut and Zai Alexander starting cornerbacks on just the first team reps for just camp. But yeah, it's saying something yeah, this, without this, saying this, something. Well, this is day one, man. They're yeah. just trying to get a feel for everybody. A hundred percent. But a lot of those guys were stepping up and wanting to take first string stuff. And, you know, it's just a line. But there's a bunch of people that I just named that were taking first string that we expect to start is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jay, next question for you. What player are you secretly pulling for to get some playing time this year and make an impact? There's got to be somebody that deep down you're like, man, I wish this dude would just take that step, or man, I hope this young guy gets playing time. I really like him. Who's the guy for you, Jay? It's got to be Andre Sam, man, from from Highway, from right here in Lake Charles area. It's got to be him, man. It's just always well, always talked about it. We love to see these Lake Charles area boys shine. You know, whether it be baseball, basketball, or football. He loves to root for the hometown kids, so hopefully he can get in. And hometown and really... kid, this motherfucker's twenty-seven. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you, hundred percent. And I, uh, <clears throat> before you came on, I had I got the clipping of Brian Kelly saying his name with uh, telltale signs, saying his name with Major Burns and Greg Brooks, and saying he feels like he has three SEC caliber safeties. And he didn't mention Sage Ryan, J- uh, Jay. Yeah, I know. No, no. Okay, I'm just just that's that's a telltale sign of what's <laughs> he, to come. And he, Sage would be the other one I'm rooting for then. Yeah, there you, <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. All right, five star kid. He got a he got a man. He's got to live up to the hype, man. Junior, or maybe he's a redshirt sophomore, but he's been there for three years. And if you're five star kid, man, you you have to live up to some kind of hype. I mean, you have to. We're we're pulling for him and Emory, two five stars. We hope actually come true this year. Yeah, right. I just don't. I, I don't see Emory with so many running backs. I don't see him getting as many opportunities as Sage could. Hopefully, I should. I guess I agree. I think we're going to blink at the end of the year, and this is going to be the Josh Williams and Logan Diggs show, in my opinion. Kelly trusts Williams, and he trusts Diggs. <laughs> and I got a uh, another question for you, Jay. What player at the okay. end of the year will we look back on and say, "Man, this guy contributed in a major way. He made a fucking difference." Who's that guy going to be, Jay? It's got to be the uh, transfer, Aaron Anderson. It's got to be. Mm. God, he could flip the field for us, Jay, on special teams. We ain't had that in yeah. a while. So, so I looked it up, Rob. What do you think was the longest punt return we had last year? Oh, Jay, it's not going to be a lot, brother. <laughs> four, 12 yards, 14 yards, I don't know. 12 yards. I got it right. What's up? Was the longest punt return we had last year? Twelve. How, how the fuck did I get that right? I just guessed a low number. That's like four four strides, man. Yeah, that's like four, four strides. strides. Man, if a dude we couldn't that, even go fast four strides. I can't wait, Jay. I'm so fired up about Aaron Anderson and seeing Coach Gleam about him today, bro. That gets yeah, me fired I just, up. I said I was at my dad's house and we watched the you know. Before the season starts, you know, right around Labor Day weekend or right before, they always have ESPN has the high school uh, showcase where they, they film all kind of high school games like all week, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, almost like opening weekend of college football, but it's high school. And I remember Ed Nicar was playing, I don't think it was Warren Easton, but it was another school in New Orleans area. And he was on there and he ran like a kick return and a butt return back in the same. And took an end around to the house. He had like three touchdowns that game. And that's before he knew he was going to Alabama. I thought he was going to LSU, Alabama, you know. And we was all excited about him coming or, or had a chance of him coming. And he went to Alabama and then we didn't give two shits about him. But now he's back. So we welcomed him back in with open arms. Baby. Yeah, we love him. He's our guy now. And he was hurt at, <laughs> he was hurt at Alabama a lot last year, right? Yeah, he was hurt. Never got to really see him then. No. All right. Jay. They said, they said he's been. He's been working in the slot too, like like I said. So, oh yeah. So if he, he can do slot, then BK oh, yeah. said anyway, expect anyway. him in the slot, expect him in the backfield, which we've already talked about what we think it's going to be. Not be taking handoffs, but yeah. did some in the game planning for end around stuff and 
and then expect him on special teams. I mean, this dude's going to be a contributor, bro. I hope so. All right, Jay, I got another one for you. Which newcomer, transfer, and recruit do you think will make the biggest impact? So, you better say you better you better say who I'm thinking, brother. Transfer has to be Omar Spates. Bing, 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 bing. Has to be Omar Spates. Has to be brother. Guy who was all Pac-12 two or three years in a row, come in feeling a very big need. Michael Baskerville, I would have said, was one of our. uh, most underappreciated players on the team last year, probably one of the most consistent uh, defensive players we had last year. Yep. And he, he, somebody has to come in and fill his shoes. And Omar Spates, he's you know he's six two, two hundred and forty five, two hundred fifty pounds. They say he looks the part, he acts the part. He's already taking leadership role, so he he has to be. I, s- I seen a picture Jay of them in the meeting room the other day. He was on the front row, sitting next to Jaden Daniels in the very middle of the front row. This dude's a leader. That's awesome. This dude's a leader. He's going to be a captain on this team. And he already won the Iron Tiger Award, Jay. And you know who won that last year? Makai Wingo, who led our team. He led the defensive line in snaps. He led the whole country in FBS. He led in total snaps on the defensive line. Never came out the game, never complained. All he did was put up an All-American year. That's what I'm expecting from Omar Spates this year. And let, let him be steady Eddie and let Harold Perkins fly around and make plays, baby. That's what I Yeah, whatever you whatever you need to do, man. I love it. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to make you don't need to make 150 tackles. You just need to, you know, make a fair share of tackles and take on some of the blocks so way Perkins can get get around, man. All right, I got a little bonus question, Jay, and then we're going to get into our. Uh, well, I was going to do recruit. Go do recruit. Oh yeah, my bad. Go ahead, recruit. So I think recruit is going to be number 17. Um, Ed Rusher Deshaun Womack. Oh man, six five. He's 6'5", 260 pounds. He was a five-star guy, number three edge rusher coming out of the last year's recruiting class up there in Baltimore, Maryland. I just think that he is going to be able to be able to step on the field immediately and make an impact. Like I said, that I think it's going to be Savion and Ovi Ogafor from uh, Ogafu from Texas probably be your starters at a uh, at ends or edge and, and linebacker, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I think that. Quincy Wiggins be the first man up to take either one, and I think he'll be the second man up to take the one of those spots. If you really are into recruiting, which is definitely you have taught me this over time, is those kids from that Baltimore, Maryland area, Jay, that's considered like, – they're like New Orleans kids, and they're like Miami kids. They're like next mm-hmm. level. they got some freak athletes that have just sneakily been from that area over the years. That's like a – that's very fertile, fertile recruiting ground. Angel Reese. Angel Reese, baby. <laughs> yeah, Angel Reese. So, all right, Jay, I got a I got a little bonus question for you, and we're going to get into uh, finishing our our uh, okay. series that we've been doing, getting ready for the season. Jay, I, right. I got to spring this one on you, brother. Who are you thinking is going to get number eighteen and number seven? So number eighteen got to be Josh Williams, yeah. huh? Yeah, you would think Josh Williams would be a candidate for number eighteen, Man. and then number seven. Number seven, I think that they leaked a little video with a uh, Easter egg in it. If you've seen that hype video, Colin Baton Rouge, okay. go back and watch it. Go back and watch Colin Baton Rouge or LSU football released it three, four days ago, maybe. Uh-huh. Now. Yeah, yeah. And then you go back and pause it and have Brooks number seven on it. Jay. What's up, man? How are you not going to tell me that when that video dropped? <laughs> well, I just forgot about it, man. Man, that's my boy, Jay. I'm not saying he's going to be number seven, but it's crazy they had Brooks number seven in the video. Oh, my. Oh, but that was that could have been for Garth Brooks. Maybe so. That was for Garth Brooks. I, it had to be, man. Why, why, why would number seven? Fuck, I don't know. Maybe it's an egg. <laughs> I love it. Maybe <laughs> it's an maybe, egg. Maybe it was an Easter egg, man. Maybe it was an Easter egg. I love it. All right. I, I hope so, man. He's a fucking game changer. I hope so. All right, Jay. Let's get into our uh, finish. Let's get into our series we've been doing. We should be on Auburn, correct? On Auburn, man. The week, week seven, I believe. All right, we're on to Auburn. That's Saturday, October the fourteenth. And the uh, best part about that, Jay, is that game is at home, baby. Home game, baby. You want to get started week with se- last season recap? Yeah, that's good. We go talk about Auburn. Um, so Auburn start off the season two and zero. They beat Mercer and San Jose State, and it was 
TJ Finley was a starter. Everything was going great. They thought that they could be pretty good this year. Then old Penn State rolls into town, number 22, Penn State, and they got the, they got the shit beat out of them. Finley was 11 for 19, 150 yards, one interception. Man. That was the last game he started. 41 to 12. And then you remember how, you know, the Harson deal, it happened. So, you know, it was, they oh, hated oh. Harson. And, and, and the buzz going into the game was his job was on the line. It was like known information. Yeah. It was a terrible, it was a shit show of a, of a couple seasons wow. with him. Yeah, why, why was his, why was he on the hot seat, Rob? Because mm, he couldn't recruit, or because he was banging chicks? Because <laughs> that, that chick that he brought down with from Boise State. Well, yeah. she was she was pretty though. He turned a two star into a five star. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. And yeah. then they so after they lost to Penn State, then they come back and they beat Missouri in overtime. We always talked about something on the Missouri episode. We talked about crazy about that. Yeah, it was crazy about that game. It was 14-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter, and I probably forgot to mention this because there's like four or five of us talking at the same time. So 14-14, uh, to 14, Rob, going into the fourth uh, – like in the fourth quarter, Missouri guy, number eight, I think he was a running back, uh, he reached over the goal line to go ahead, touchdown. The ball slipped out of his hand, and they kicked it out of bounds. So Missouri uh, – Auburn got the ball on the twenty. So it went to overtime. Sneakily one of like, the craziest the, finishes. Had the game, yeah, had the game won. So they they so they lost Missouri lost the game. Auburn won that game. So now they're now they're uh, three to one. Not bad. Losing to Penn State, you know, that's not terrible so far. And uh Ashford started that game. They only had 127 yards passing. He was the league team leading rusher with forty six that game. Then they play LSU at home. And he comes Man, out LSU. fucking passing the ball on us, Jay. Oh my goodness! He come out flinging that thing, man. Making yeah, plays on three hundred forty yards passing. Did he really crazy. that game? First, yeah, three hundred forty yards passing. I remember thinking this fucker can't throw because I've done watched it. I watched the yeah, that's, that's, game, and that's what LSU was playing like a a man up kind of in your face and like giving him over the top because he couldn't throw, and he was making all the right throws. I was like, oh my gosh, bro. You Come know, on, man. There's one player that couldn't throw that game, Coy Moore. Yeah, no. Uh, so, LSU ended up coming back and, and beating them. Um, if you remember, John Emery had that high step touchdown to go ahead. Yes, sir. That was an awesome play. Then they then they go to Georgia. They got they got beat pretty bad in that game, too, 42 to 10. They went to Ole Miss, got beat by two touchdowns. They went, then they went to Arkansas. Oh, no, Arkansas come home. They lost that game by two touchdowns. Then they lost to at Mississippi State in overtime. Jesus. So they struck out five in a, in a row. In man. the Missouri game, should have been a loss. Yeah, so they should have lost seven games in a row. That's it. And then they fired Harson. And then uh, they fired Harson. I think Cadillac took over for the Mississippi State game, maybe, or the Arkansas game. And they come, they beat uh, Texas A&M. Oh, my God. And they said I'm so the one, excited. One, one, look at look at Ashford. He had sixty yards passing that game. Not <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, they said the crowd pretty much willed them to beat that team. That yeah, game. I did. I watched yeah. that game. It, it was pretty electric then, in there. It's crazy that their season was going that way, and they were just looking for hope, brother. They hated Harson, and they really yeah. showed oh, out for Cadillac. And then uh, Freeze comes in and leaves him on the staff, which we'll cover later. But yeah, and then so they end up beating Western Kentucky pretty bad, and then losing Alabama by you know. Three touchdowns. Uh, Robbie Ashford had 77 yards passing that game, too. So I'm on this so kick lately of listening to Greg McElroy and Cole Kubelik, and everyone knows Cole Kubelik mm-hmm. went to Auburn, and he's saying yeah. the kid that they got from Michigan State is going to start this year. So Hugh Freeze mentioned yeah, well, him. Hugh Freeze Okay, yeah. you got something on him? Yeah, yeah, we'll get in that. We'll go okay. to transfer. All right. All right, next topic, Jay. Do you want to get into coaches? Yeah, we'll go to coaches. We'll, we'll, um, so they – they hired Freeze in the offseason. We said that Freeze is one of the four biggest hires of the offseason. Freeze to Auburn, Prime to Colorado, Matt Rule to Nebraska, and Luke Fickle to Wisconsin were the four biggest hires of the offseason that I think of. All feel I like good hires too, man. All good hires. Yep. So Freeze comes in, and they did a complete overhaul of coaches. You already said, you already touched on Cadillac Williams. They only left two 
guys from last year's staff on this one. Cadillac Williams, he, he was the running backs coach, and I think associate head coach, and defensive back coach uh, Zach Etheridge. He's uh, he was on the staff last year, so that's the only two guys they left on the staff last year. Oh, clean so, sweep. Yeah, so so Freeze. Tell you a little backstory about Hugh Freeze. He was a high school coach from '95 2004 in Tennessee at at Briarcrest Briarcrest High School. You know who he coached over there? I do know he coached over there. He coached the blind side guy. Yeah, he wouldn't have been a good a coach if Sandra Bullock wouldn't have called him on the phone and told him to run the ball, you know. Run the damn ball, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then he went to uh, – after that, I guess he followed Michael Orr to Ole Miss and he became the tight end coach and recruiting coordinator from 06 to 07, so it was two years there. Then he went to Arkansas State where he was the offensive coordinator and then later on became the head coach in 2011. So in 2011, they – they went ten and three, eight and zero oh in conference, man, which, which is pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good record, man. So, and then Ole Miss hired him after that one good year he had at Arkansas State. He went, uh, he was there from twelve to sixteen. He went um, thirty nine and twenty five as Ole Miss's head coach, nineteen and twenty one in conference play. Man, so those first couple years must have been rough because you had it rolling at the end. Well, so in so in twelve they went seven and six, thirteen he went eight and five, fourteen he went nine and four. They lost the Peach Bowl to TCU forty two to three that year, two thousand fourteen. Then in fifteen, so fourteen and fifteen had really two really good years, best two years he had. Okay. So so fourteen he went nine and four, but he in, beat Bama right in the season. Nine and four, and they uh, went five and three in conference, and. 2014, 2015, they went 10 and three overall and six and two in conference. Beat Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl, 48 to 20. Yep. And so, two, so in 2015, that was only Old Miss's second 10 win season since 1972. That's a fucking hell of a stat. And they only have three 10 win seasons since 1972. 2003 with, with Eli. 2015. With uh, Hugh and, and Chad Kelly, swag, and Kelly. two, yeah, and 2021 with a uh, Kiffin and Corral. Wow, so that's a hell of a stat, man. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, they I think they have like eight or nine total, but since 1972, which I think they call it like the Vault uh, Era, uh, Vault Hemorrhoid Stadium, yep. Stadium, whatever yep. the Vault Era, they only had three 10 win seasons since 1972. Yikes! So, so. So that was freeze. a good year, man. So the next year, yeah, the next year they went five and seven, six and two in conference play, and that's when they run him off because they had all the allegations of, you know, uh, I think they had twenty-one players they got like caught caught up in recruiting violations. Four of them were with Houston Nut, and seventeen of them were with uh, Hugh Freeze. Mm, and the poor old. Uh... Poor old, his old offensive line coach stepped in. His name was Luke something. Matt yeah. Luke. Matt Luke. Matt Luke. And you talking about yeah, Matt Luke? Two yeah, first names. Yeah, Matt Luke, two <laughs> first names. And uh and, boy, he come in and took the brunt of it. All the violations yeah. they had and scholarship cuts oh, they had. Yeah. He, he I don't think he went to Ole Miss, man. So so after they run him off, he went to Liberty, where he coached there for two thousand nineteen and twenty twenty two. And um he was thirty-four and sixteen. He had a pretty good year at Liberty. He went ten and one during the COVID year, and they beat Coastal Carolina at the end of the year. Coastal Carolina was number twelve in the country. If you remember that, I think undefeated. Jay, that's got to be the year that he done your fam- one of your favorite things when he laid. Oh, in the hospital, yeah, my, when that's he laid, one of my favorite. Things. Laid in the hospital bed in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, that's awesome, man. I like that. Yeah, that was that way. That was them good Sun Belt Billy teams too. He beat boy. Oh, I know, I know. It was. That was yeah. good, man. He coaches like ass that. off. Oh yeah, in that bed, Jay he coaches ass off in that bed. That's what I'm saying. I like the. Uh, Isn't the that WWE funny meme. that he's laying up, w- calling w- plays in that bed? Yeah, <laughs> WWE meme where he's coming down the the ramp. Oh, oh my God! Good <laughs> God Almighty, Jr. Good God, Jr. He was in the hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Hell in the cell. 
Where's daddy at when we need him? I know. But that's pretty much all I got on the coaches, man. Just Hugh Freeze. Just pretty much a total overhaul of all the coaches and bringing his own staff. He brought some guys from Liberty with him. He brought some guys that was at Ole Miss with him, I believe. You know, he just brought all you know, our coaches a big fraternity. And, the, and we'll uh, brought Philip Montgomery from Tulsa. He was a head coach at Tulsa. And Tulsa the last yeah. couple of years had a really good offense. And I watched Hugh Freeze on SEC Media Day say – at one he, it, look, I, I kind of used to make fun of Hugh Freeze because he was a Bible thumper, but – he uh he, he was sounded real humble when he said this. It sounds like an asshole thing to say, but he, he really was humble when he said it. And to be honest, it's kind of true. He said, and I quote, at one point in time, I think I was considered to be one of the best play callers in the nation. And he's like, I have seen that that is not the case anymore. And that just shows you that football never stops progressing. You know what I mean? So yeah. he did bring in Philip Montgomery. And Philip Montgomery, as much as we see Hugh Freeze as this offensive guru, he has straight up said, you know, I'm not the uh, you know, I need to be more in a CEO role. And I'm letting Philip Montgomery call all the plays. And and from people who know way more about football than me, they think that Philip Montgomery's a motherfucker, and that's probably a really good hire. So I'm interested to see how that works. We'll see. All right, Jay, you want to get into key players lost? All right. So, <clears throat> so last year they had 10 starters from last year lost. 10 total starters, seven on offense, three on defense. And on defense, all three went to the NFL. So on offense, we get into it. Tanks Bigsby, which we thought, I thought on record, that he was going to be the best running back going into the SEC last year. I think we all really said that. Yep, me too. Yeah, and he was. He, I think he still would have been or could have been if the play calling wasn't so terrible at all. I yep. think he would have been. Yep. They wouldn't even give him the ball sometimes. Like he's like wasted back there. Yeah. I think until Cadillac became the head coach, they, they just fed him the ball like thirty something times after Cadillac became the head coach. Yeah. Interim. So, Tank Bigsby last year, he had 180 carries, 970 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was fifth in SEC in yards. He got he went to the NFL. So, wide receiver Shedrick uh, Jackson, he had eight starts. He played in all the games. Not a real big production guy because they did, they only threw for like a total between Finley and and um, Robert Ashford okay. combined 2,000 yards. So, you're not going to get a whole lot of production out of your receivers and stuff. That's right. So, so if you get two thousand yards only passing, then you know, just ain't gonna get a whole lot. So, so Cedric Jackson, he's he graduated. He had sixteen catches, two hundred and fifteen yards, and then a tight end who started every game. Uh, he had twenty catches, two hundred ten yards, and a, and one touchdown. He graduated also. So, in your offensive line, which four out of five of their starting offensive line are gone. One of them transferred. Three of them graduated so the offensive line was kind of like LSU's in the beginning last year they didn't really know which was the best five so you're not going to see a whole lot of starts from everyone they just they started here and there all frequently but I, I put piece together the ones that started the most games okay. or the most consistent so that's what I say so they're only returning one guy who's a, a guard Cam Stoops he, he'll be a senior this year he had six starts last year other than that uh, pretty much the, the key players lost uh, so on defense, their best three pass rushers who accounted for 15 out of 26 sacks last year. So that's about 60% of their sacks are, are gone, including the linebacker Owen Popo or something. Okay. He led the team in tackles. So all three of those got drafted. All three of those guys got drafted. So that's pretty much the, the, the starters and the key players lost. All right. Who, who they got returning, Jay? So returning, they got quarterback Robert Robbie Ashford. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. He yeah. counted for twenty three hundred total yards and fourteen touchdowns. He passed for sixteen hundred forty nine percent completion, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He also ran for seven hundred ten yards, which was second on the team, and then seven touchdowns was also tied for second. Well, he's coming back. A wide receiver, his name is Javarius Johnson. He led the team in touchdowns and uh, yards. 26 catches, 495 yards, three touchdowns. So he's coming back. Uh, wide receiver who you know very well, Coy Moore. Who's, uh, wow. who's, <laughs> he was second on the team in, in yards, which he had 20 catches for 315 yards and one touchdown. Second on the team in interceptions uh, behind Robbie Ashford. <laughs> damn right. Uh, and then the only, the only offensive line would be right guard, like I said, uh, 
Cam Stutes, six stars. And then they have – he didn't start, but he played a lot of football. Uh, Jarquez Hunter will be a junior. He had 104 carries, uh, 670 yards and seven touchdowns. I think he averaged about six and a half yards a carry, which led the team. So, Jay, that, you know what happened with him in the offseason, huh? Oh, uh, what's that happened? Jarquez Hunter got caught slinging sex tapes on the internet, baby. Hell yeah. yeah he's so he had a honey badger, baby. Yeah, yeah they had, apparently he <laughs> had that 13-inch hitter, you know what I mean? A, a jank. Yeah, that jank. But what Cole Kubelik said, he may be suspended a couple games in the beginning of the season. But he but like it was a couple months ago, Jay, no one was expecting him to be on the team. Like Jarquez Hunter Damn. was suspended well, indef- suspended indefinitely from the team. And but uh, it, that one. it's trending toward he's going to be there throughout most of the season. So I think he's going to be okay, and I, I think he's going to be their best player to be honest. And Uncle uh, Hugh, Uncle Hugh's bringing the prostitutes back, so he'd be all right. Oh yeah, he don't Uncle Hugh got that, <laughs> Uncle Hugh got that second phone boy. He, he yeah, he got the, yeah. Oh yeah, he got the back page women, baby. Uncle Hugh's got two phones, one for the hoes oh. and one for the bros. <laughs> all right. So go ahead. On defense, they return eight starters. All six DBs that were in starting rotation. So there's five guys that started, but six of them were in starting rotation. You know, some started here and there. One started safety, one started nickelback, safety, cornerback, whatever. So six DBs that were in starting rotation will all be back this year. So that's a big positive for them. They accounted for 250 tackles, five interceptions, which is uh, – they only had six interceptions in the team, so they accounted for 83% of the interceptions. And 28 pass uh, deflections, which is around 70% of the pass deflections last year. So they they getting a lot of back on the deep on the defensive back. Man. Okay. So that that's pretty much it on, on defense coming back. I mean, they got two other guys coming back: Marcus Harris, who's a defensive tackle; Jason Jones, defensive tackle. They didn't have a whole lot of production because they was no, kind of nose guard roles, but you know they got experience and they got two linebackers coming back. Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley also coming back. And Cam Riley was second on the team in tackles at 64. So they got they got some uh you know they got some experience coming back on defense. Offense is a different story, but defense they got some experience coming back. Jay, I need you to dive into your your uh, specialty right here. I, I need a recruiting update from you, Jay. <laughs> so recruiting update. So last year's recruiting class, which would be uh, 2023, Auburn had the 18th class in the country. 22 commits, uh, eight four-star guys. So you think eight, 18 ranked class would be pretty good, right? Okay. Out of 133 schools, 18 would be pretty good. Okay. They're number eight in the FCC. Yeah. <laughs> and this is cl- cleared up for the listeners and me. This was Hughes coming in and trying to save ship, right? This is that class? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, tried, he, he got some guys. Like He flipped a couple guys uh, from – so okay, I was making sure so, this wasn't a Harson class. This was his. This no, was no, 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 no. I mean, class. well, it's kind of. Well, yeah, it's kind of like Harson and Hugh. And he come in trying them. to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So okay. I, I don't give them. I don't give this to Hugh. I just give this as a class because, like I said, twenty, twenty twenty two. Brian Kelly. That really wasn't his his recruit class. He tried to save as much as he could, but he just was hard to come so in on. Eighteenth in the nation. Year. Eighth in the SEC. Eighth in the SEC. So I just highlight some of the guys. Uh, on the team that, that they got, they picked up. They picked up the number nine defensive lineman, Kedrick Falk, big boy, 6'5", 270 pounds from, from Highland Home, Alabama. He's actually, if you go to uh, ourlads.com, he's the number two guy on the depth chart, the defensive end. Um, the number 11 running back, Jeremiah Cobb, also from uh, Montgomery, Alabama, so two guys from Alabama staying home. Yep. Uh, he, he got picked up him. Number 19 cornerback, uh, Kalen Lee, or Kayen, I don't know how to say it, uh, from Ellenwood, Georgia. He's the number two uh, left cornerback on the team on depth chart right now. And and then number uh, 20 inside uh, offensive lineman, so offensive guard pretty much, Connor Lou. He's also number two uh, center on the depth chart. Pretty big boy, 6'3", 280 pounds from Georgia. Number 20, safety, Tyler Scott. He's also from Georgia. He's the number three left cornerback on the depth chart. So they so they, they expect kind of four or five of these freshmen to play, you know, coming in. So now the 2024 class, they're also the number eight, 18th class in the country. 
also number eight in the SEC right now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And that's with the two five-star kids they just flipped, right? Yeah, they got two. They got 14 commitments total, two five-star guys, and six four-star guys. So out of 14 commitments, eight of them are five-star or four-star. So that's pretty pretty good ratio. The two five-stars, one were flipped from Georgia and one was flipped from Bama, and that was all this past week. Yeah, so that's that's Uncle Hugh working at his best. So one of the five stars is the number three linebacker in the country, Darius Riddick. He's 6'2", 215 from uh, Clanton, Alabama. The other guy's the number four wide receiver in the country, Perry Thompson. He's 6'3", 205 from Foley, Alabama. So both of Alabama kids. That's, love to see that because you don't want, you don't want uh, Saban to get all of them, man. That's right. That's right. He needs a, he needs a chip then, away at Saban. Helps us. So, and then – the number nine quarterback in the country, Walker White, he's 6'3", 215 pounds. He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And that goes back to what we said on the Arkansas. It's hard to recruit to Arkansas, man. Yep. So they went into Arkansas and stole one of the best best quarterbacks by Arkansas has produced in the last you know, five or six years, I had to guess. And then number eight linebacker, Joseph Phillips, he's 6'2", 250 pounds from Alabama. That's probably you, – you, you, top four guys in the class right now. So that's pretty much it on recruiting. Jay, I'm going through their roster right now, and it still hurts to see Austin Osbury, redshirt freshman from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, safety. I believe he was yeah. a four-star kid. Obviously, if, if you don't know, as Verge Osbury. It's our associate AD. So he's right-hand man and right one level below you know, Scott Woodward, and he's a big deal at LSU Athletics. Any any sort of decision being made with LSU Athletics, all, uh, Verge Osbury's in there. And it, his son, he had two sons, correct, Jay? They both went to university. One was a linebacker. One was a linebacker yeah. and one was a, a safety. And Austin Osbury is a freshman. He ended up being raised at LSU on the campus. His dad has had the job, you know, for a while. And just he walked in the shadows of Tiger Stadium, you know what I mean, and just never had any interest of going to LSU. It just always kind of hurts. Yeah, that sucks, man. Fuck him if he, Moses. Had, if he ain't a Tiger. He's Tiger Bay, right? Damn right. All right, Jay. Next, we're going to get into – my favorite part, the portal. Give us that portal, Jay. So, the transfer portal for Auburn. Portal. The portal. Yeah, the portal. 21, 21 guys transferred in and 19 guys transferred out. So, they're the number five class for 2023. LSU is number six. It's 2023. So I'll just go over some of the guys who I think will be who I transferred out first. Okay. Who the biggest the biggest losses they have from transferred out. Okay. So they lost they lost the uh, edge rusher Dylan Brooks. He's six five, two hundred fifty pounds, a four star guy in twenty twenty one. He transferred. He's the number six edge rusher in the country in twenty twenty one. He transferred to Kansas. He never started, but he had a, he played nine games. So. So you lose some experience there. Defensive tackle Jeffrey Mumbai, Mumbai or Mumbai or whatever you want to call him. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, he's he's a four-star JUCO player in 2021. He's transferring to Purdue. He's six-five, two seventy-five. So he played in ten games, also but never started. And they have a wide receiver, uh, Capers. He went to Western Kentucky. A, the center, Keandre Jones, when we talked about transfer earlier, one of the four offensive linemen that transferred, he uh, transferred to Florida State. He's 6'4", 340 pounds. He's a uh, number two right guard uh, on the depth chart on Florida State right now. And then another one that you know, quarterback T.J. Finley transferred to Texas State, baby. And, and they had two SEC schools and then ended up going to Texas State. Jay, is he, yeah. was he always a little overrated or no? I always thought he was overrated, man. I said that when he was in high school. I watched him play Bard at Sulphur when he was a junior. He was he had a big arm, just like he had at LSU, but he just wasn't very accurate. Throwing it over him, throwing it under him. Just I just wasn't very impressed with him in high school. And and he, he looked good when they went into them seven on seven camps and stuff. And I thought, okay, you know, but there's not a lot of pass rush and there's not a lot of big boys hitting you in the mouth. You ain't got to worry about it on seven on seven. Yeah, but I don't know. He just he wasn't. He had a big arm. He just wasn't very accurate to me. Um, so he's at Texas State now. On Texas State, going to meet Johnny Jones. Oh shit! I forgot he's a basketball coach. <laughs> yeah, another one. 
quarterback, Zach Calzada. Man, the Texas A&M kid. Beat Bama. Started, started for most of the year in 2021 in Texas A&M, transferred to Auburn, got hurt, had to have shoulder surgery, and TJ was awarded the starting job, and then he decided to transfer to Incarnate Word. Is that where Zach Calzada's at? Incarnate Word, Holy baby. Oh, shit. I know where, I know where that is. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. That plays Magnesia's uh, yeah. conference. That's crazy that, uh, you know, the kid was beating Alabama. He beat Alabama at Texas A&M, and that all. had a big arm, man. I thought he, you know, I thought he looked pretty good at you know, A&M. That's how it goes, brother. So, that's pretty much it for the transfers. They didn't lose a whole lot. You know, Kansas, Purdue, West Kentucky. Florida State, that's a pretty big school. But then Corner Word, Texas State, I mean, that's not – they lose a whole lot to a lot of big schools. So Who's coming in? Now I'm go, so coming in. So out of the 21 transfers that are coming in, 12 are listed as potential starters on ourlads.com. So you already touched on one earlier, a quarterback, Peyton Thorne. He started for MSU from uh, Michigan State last year. He had 2,600 yards passing, 63% completion, 19 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Okay. They, they got him right now penciled in to start, which that could all change. But, I mean, that's just crazy for one guy coming in one year starting like that. Hugh, Hugh talked about him. Hugh mentioned him at the presser a couple times. I mean, at his yeah. SEC media days a couple times. And Kubelek saying he's going to start. So you can pretty much fucking book it. Okay. And then uh, center Avery Jones, he's 6'4", 275. Like I said, the four to five offensive line are gone, so they got to feel some plug and play, feel some holes right here. So you're going to see some offensive line guys right here. So center Avery Jones, he's 6'4", 275 from uh, Eastern Carolina. He started 32 games at Eastern Carolina. You have defensive tackle Justin Rogers from Kentucky. He didn't get a whole lot of production at Kentucky. He was just a big body, nose guard. 6'3", 300 pounds. Offensive tackle uh, Dylan Wade from Tulsa. I'm sure he come over with the the offense coordinator. He's a number two offensive tackle in the portal last year. And a big boy to pencil him in the start. Another offensive tackle, Gunnar Britton from Western Kentucky. He's a four-year starter over there at Western Kentucky. So, you know, you got a lot of experience. Jair Shorter. He's a wide receiver from North Texas. He's 6'2", 210 pounds. They pencil him in as a starter with Corey Moore. He had 23 catches, Rob, 630 yards, and 11 touchdowns. God damn, on 23 catches? 23 catches. 11 of them were touchdowns. Almost half. Almost, he almost called a touchdown one out of every two times he called the ball. Okay, so he had how many yards on 23 catches? 23 catches, 630 yards, 11 touchdowns. It's like 28 yards a catch. My God. <laughs> Uncle Hugh went in the portal and went and got him a, a little monster from North Texas. Uh, yeah, went and got him a little Deshaun Jackson. Jesus Christ. All right. Then they, they got a tight end from FIU, started a couple years over there, big boy, Fairweather. Another wide receiver, Shane Hooks from Jackson State, who uh, was probably number two on the Dutch chart behind Corey Moore. He's 6'5", 190, played a couple of years for Dion over there at Jackson State. And then linebacker, Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt. He was a two-year starter at Vanderbilt. Uh, he was – Vanderbilt coach brought him to the media days last year, and, and Hugh brought him to the media days this year. So that's how much he thinks of this Damn, kid. they like this kid. He, he is the only one-year transfer or first-year transfer, first-year guy that was brought to media days by any coach. So – so he must like this kid a lot. 2000, uh, 20, 2023 Auburn football schedule predictions, Jay. Where you got the Auburn Tigers sitting at, brother? I'm a little higher on them than you. I know you're going to say it's yeah. going to take you a little bit to turn it around. Yeah, I, I just think, with, like you said, 12, 12 guys are all going to be penciled in as starters. You know, can they gel? Can, how, how fast can Hugh get them, you know, operating together, a cohesive unit? I, I don't know. I, I think, like you said, he – He's a good play caller, but we'll just see how see how good. I just think he's, I think he's one year away from actually competing. So I don't know. Here's here's the hardest one to call for me because I don't know how good they're going to be. But it, all them tra- all the transfers, they can all be studs, I probably. But them guys that are all coming you know, that I listed, you know, there's not many of them that have SEC experience. Only a couple of them, you know, like one guy offensive tackle and. Two offensive tackles, Tulsa and Western Kentucky. 
So yep. can they do it against NFL caliber talent? I don't know. Can that little shorter catch 23 balls for 11 touchdowns against NFL caliber corners and safeties? I, I just don't think so. I'm, I'm, think, I'm hoping yeah. I outsmarted Vegas. I usually never do that. But uh, I got him at six, over under six. Jay, I took the over. Uh, you got me wanting to lead towards seven and five, but I think Hugh is the coach that can turn it around quicker. Like nobody thought we was going to win ten games last year, baby. I, I think that Hugh can get him to seven or eight, and don't be surprised yeah, if but, you don't look up and he sneaks a couple he wasn't supposed to get, and the Tigers end up at eight and four no, next year. But most no, likely seven know, and five. I just think that, that I know there's only 39, 39 scholarship players on the roster when Kelly got there, but I think they had more talent at LSU than they have at Auburn. All right. right now. All right. I'm, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm not yeah. saying they're going to win 10 games. I'm saying seven and seven or eight. Okay. So let's uh, let's go through the schedule, Jay, and you tell me win or loss. UMass, first game. Yeah, Minutemen. Uh, Minutemen uh, are you. <laughs> Shout out, uh, Daddy. They're gonna win. They, they should win that one. All right. What about Cal? Man, I, I don't know. They play in Cal. It's already set for a nine thirty kickoff. Oh, a nine thirty kickoff. I'm just <laughs> leaning on Cal Bears were four and eight last year and two and seven in the Pac twelve. Yeah. I'm just leaning on. Yeah, so I, yeah, probably win that one, man. I just I think it's gonna be, like of course I'm saying closer to next first thing. All right, two and up. Well, I think two and up. Stanford, three and up. Not not Stanford for all you people who can't hear. Samford. Samford Bulldogs, baby. Three and oh. All right, Jay. First big game against the fighting Jimbo Fishers, baby. Who you got? Man, I don't know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'll come back to me. I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't know where A and M's gonna be. A lot of people are high on A and M, which I'm not very high. Fuck on them. Fuck A and M. I know. I know. I know. I'm just. I won't. Trust me. I want Auburn to beat them. Jay, I want them to beat. How A&M. are the A and M fan base going to accept? Hugh Freeze coming in in year one and beating Jimbo Fisher, who's been there for over a half a decade now, stealing their money, baby. Give at, me the Auburn Tigers. Station. Give me the Auburn Tigers, baby. Hugh marches in there and drops his sack all over the used car salesman, baby. I'm with it. I'm a root for him. I just think at College Station, I don't know, man. Make a pick, know. Jay. I got him losing that one. All right. College all, right. Station. all right. That's fair. That's fair. All right, George. Jay, they play the yeah, don't, don't Georgia Bulldogs next. Don't even think. Don't even think about it. Just put a L and move on. All right. What about your LSU Tigers, Jay? See now, here's where it gets a little tricky. I know it's at LSU, but they they have a bye week before LSU. Okay. So I do think I do think LSU is going to beat them. I just think it's going to be tough. Tough game against them, but you got the Tigers. I, I just think it'll be tough. Yeah, I think LSU is going to win. Okay. What about Ole Miss next? No, I think I think Lane Train is going to have that at, by the end. I think he'll, I think uh, Ole Miss is going to have a good team this year. Okay, uh, Mississippi Thanks. State. Nah, I don't think they got nothing, man. I don't think they got anything. All right, you taking so, Auburn. Take Auburn. Vanderbilt. W, w. W. Arkansas. Loss. New Mexico State. W. Iron Bowl. Yeah, you already know that one. Okay, so you got a win for New Mexico State, win for Vanderbilt, win for Mississippi State, Samford, California. You're right on Vegas. You're at six. That's probably not. That's probably the smart bet. I'm thinking he sneaks one from Jimbo, or he sneaks one from Arkansas, who we're putting all of our money on these new coordinators and the uh, all the whole team they got is Rocket Sanders and and uh, KJ Jefferson. So I'm thinking maybe the Lane Chaney sneaks one from. I got a couple chances to sneak that extra win. I agree with you on them six. And I'm I'm taking a shot that Hugh Freeze is going to sneak me another win. And get oh yeah, I think yeah, like you said, you know, coaching decisions have won a lost game so many times that you know Hugh Freeze, he's a gambler, but he's gonna he's gonna throw that thing down the field. He's gonna take a lot of chances, and they might backfire or they might you know win the game. I think he's gonna have a little more talent at Auburn on a down Auburn year this year than he had at Liberty last year, and he beat Arkansas. So I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking he's gonna sneak one. All right. Where did that quarterback go, by the way? He's uh, he went to the Titans, Tennessee Titans. No, 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 no. I know, but like second round, third round. Yeah, sec- round. I think second round. Second round. He met. It's yeah, either the end end of the first or the second round. But does he have a uh, does he have a quarterback like that this year? 
I know how good that kid from Michigan. I, mean, I know. I know Robbie Ashford ain't. <laughs> he ain't he's got he the Thorn kid's got to be good. For him, for my bet to win, I need Thorn to play good. Yeah, he only had 2,500, 2,600 yards passing in the Big Ten, but not no NFL caliber. But now he's uh, got the he's got you, the quarterback whisperer, Jay. We watched him turn Bo Wallace into a superstar, baby. And Coy Moore. <laughs> and Coy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is uh this is winners win. Love y'all.